Welcome to that Super Fan Talk Podcast, only on the Infinite Potato Alliance. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is That Super Fan Talk Podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. I like those odds. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. And monkey's my fly out of my butt. Now, only inches away from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. By the power of Christo. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of That Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and I don't tell dad jokes to make you laugh. I tell them to make me laugh. Joining me tonight in the historic Infinite Potato Studio, we have our panel selected at random from our audience. <laughs> we have Rick. How's it going, sir? <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> and we have Jen. How are you? I'll get you, my pretty. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott is here as well. What a world. What a world. What a world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As I told you. I want you, some Maxwell House coffee. As I, as I told you at the beginning of the year, we've uh, we've kind of changed our focus with the show. We're we're taking a deeper look at some of the various fandoms. Maybe do entire shows that focus on one TV series or one movie. Uh, we want to take a look at some of the classic shows and films, and not be just another podcast out there that talks about whatever Marvel's doing. So don't get me wrong; we are going to do that, <laughs> but we're we're going to focus those discussions in just like. We'll do one episode about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier instead of talking about it every week, you know, a, a little bit every week. We'll just do one show when the show's over, that kind of thing. So we're going to open up the chat to different genres of uh, fiction, even subgenres, and we're going to do that tonight with a talk about the Land of Oz. I'm not talking about the uh, the cable TV prison series. I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the uh, the Land of Oz that L. Frank Baum wrote about back in the you know the early 20th century the late 19th century so i'll start by talking about the books just a little bit have any of you guys ever read any of the oz books yes okay that's like yeah. a girl thing to do so yes i have read the books <laughs> i'm not a girl and i read most of them. <laughs> <laughs> i just um, realized that not shaking my head doesn't do much good on a podcast so no, no, no. yeah <laughs> Rick and Scott both shook their head no. So um it, it's it's our subtle, clever way of trying to entice more people to watch the, the streaming yeah, live on Facebook. There you go. <laughs> um now, let, let me let me just say I haven't read them not on purpose. It's not like I was like, Good God, no, I won't read that trash. I just it, it it's just one of those things that I just it just never never happened. Mm. 
I've really got to say that I didn't even know that there was a book until I was about 10 years old. I'd seen the movie a bunch, but there's a multiple books. He did. Oh yeah. 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 He did. He did like, he did like 14. And then after he died, somebody else picked it up and wrote another 20 or something Something. like that. There's a bunch, (laughs) but, um, I was over at my grandmother's house one day and she was about to throw out a lot of my dad's and my aunt's old stuff. And there was a stack of books and I just went and started looking through them. And I found this tattered copy of the wizard of Oz and I read it. And after that, I was like, I want to read the rest of these books. So I went to what was at the time, I think B Dalton bookseller and they had all of them, you know, so I would buy I one. I have seen a B Dalton in ages. Uh, yeah. yeah, they Unfortunately all went away. Yeah, but yeah, the, the 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 wonderful Wizard of Oz was the first one, and uh, that was the one that they made the 1936 musical about. Mm-hmm. Now there was there are other movies and shows that are kind of based on aspects of the other books, but they never came out with movies like a movie about this one, a movie about that one, a movie about that one. But I did, I think I read about ten of those books, and there was L. Frank Brown wrote fourteen. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one of those things that, you know, we recently learned that uh, with Dr. Seuss, that when you go back and you look at you look at a, a writer's uh, personal life <laughs> and it, it, it might taint your view of uh, their work a little <laughs> bit. But L. Frank Baum was kind of. I mean, not kind of. He was racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like when we talked about Lovecraft Country. You know, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft was racist, but oh, that's can... just that's that's like saying that that uh, uh, Mel Tillis is country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, can you still enjoy a person's work even though they were a total scumbag? And I mean, yeah, you can. I can still go back and watch a Kevin Spacey movie and enjoy the fact that I used to think that he was a really good actor and I enjoyed his performances and stuff. But if Kevin Spacey made a movie now, I wouldn't go and give money to watch it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I can still try to go back and enjoy the stuff that he had already done before we found out what a terrible person he was. Well, let me, let me ask you something Um, because, you know, as a Lovecraft fan, I've, I've wrestled with this concept a lot because uh, well, and, and as a as a, a a podcaster for the last decade or more, um, you know the idea of being able to separate the art from the artist is something that we've talked about on more than one occasion. Um, and like with J.K. Rowling or Orson Scott Card, um, I can't. But with like H.P. Lovecraft, it's hard because I still enjoy his writings, even though. His racism is right there in the books. It's not like he ever made mm-hmm. a secret of mm-hmm. it. Now, was Baum the same way? Was his were his no. you know, I never read any of were the was it evident in the writing or was this just how he was off? Not that I recall, because okay, so his racism was against uh, Native Americans. Yeah. And I don't think mm-hmm. there were any Native American characters in any of the Oz books. Nope. I, don't, I don't. I don't think so. No. I don't remember which. I mean, the last time that I read a, an Oz book, I was probably thirteen or fourteen, so I don't remember seeing anything like that in any of them. Now you could go back. I could go back and read it now, and I could be like, "Oh my god, that character is <laughs> com- completely racist," you know. 
well, like but, Peter Pan, I, I cannot cope. You know, my daughter likes to watch. We, you know, we have we have Peter Pan, and when it gets to the the, the whole Indian thing, I just cringe. And we've actually yeah. sat down and had to talk about it. Okay, good. Said, this was wrong then. It's wrong now. Mm-hmm, I'm not going to yeah. say you can't watch the movie, but you have to know that <clears throat> this is very inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, like I said, I can go back and I can watch an old Kevin Spacey movie. He's not making anything now, but if he if he did, I wouldn't watch it. It's just like, I'm 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 a film lover, so I I, I love all different kinds of films. I can go back and watch, like Annie Hall or something like that. But if Woody Allen makes a movie now, I'm not gonna go watch it. Yeah, but um. I haven't watched anything that he's made in the last 20 years or so mm. because of all this, you know, all the stuff that he's done. Well, I haven't either, but that's, so. you know, it both for that. And the, I just don't think he's funny. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not. yeah. It's just when, when he, when he comes out with a movie, it's like every A-lister in Hollywood is in the movie or whatever, you know? So this must be a really good movie. No. And sometimes yeah. there's, there's parts of it that are really good, but, <laughs> um, okay. So, the Wizard of Oz, um, or Oz altogether. A lot of people don't realize that L. Frank Baum was putting together his story. Uh, he had these ideas in his head that these characters represented various things in America. So like the Scarecrow represented farmers in America, and the Tin Man represented the industrial movement. And the Cowardly Lion was supposed to represent this politician uh, that lived in the early or in the late 1800s, uh, his name was William Bryan. He was the leader of the Democratic Party at the time, and apparently, L. Frank Baum thought he was a coward. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> but then, you know, a lot of that stuff when they start making movies and TV shows, it's just fantasy, and they they don't dive too deep into that kind of stuff, you know. So, the movie with Judy Garland is probably most people's uh, first experience with Oz. Um, some with some people, it's their only experience. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> so it's not especially representative of the book. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they left out, obviously, mm-hmm. because they 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 wanted to do a musical. It's actually um, wait, the book isn't a musical. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that reminds me of a joke. I don't know if you guys know who Bill Ingvall is. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, you're saying. <laughs> He did, yeah. He did a "Here's Your Sign" joke where his he said his son came up to him and said, "Dad, I, I want to play you a song on the piano." Okay, all right. I want to play you a song from Harry Potter. Oh, the movie? No, Dad, the book. <laughs> <laughs> but in the in the book, The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy actually went to Oz. You know, in in the movie, they made it where it was all like this dream that she had because she got hit on the head and stuff like that. Uh, and the witches are all wrong because Glinda's actually the good witch of the South in mm-hmm. the book, not the North. The oh, musical's well, fine, ruin it for me. <laughs> the mu- the musical is more of a nod to the story than it is an actual adaptation of it. So because they leave out, there's a lot more adventure and violence. Like the the, the witch attacks them with wolves, and the Tin Man kills all the wolves, and then she attacks them with crows, and the Scarecrow. Scares them all off and stuff like that. And then she attacks them with bees. Oh, yeah. And there's not a the whole bees. section. That, not the bees. There's a whole <laughs> section in the book about how he becomes the Tin Man. And it's really violent. Yeah. Oh. yeah he, <laughs> doesn't he keep, like, chopping his own limbs off yep. or something? Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he chops his leg off and then he goes to a tin smith that replaces his leg with a tin a tin leg and and eventually he eventually he chops his own head off and it has a replaced with a tin head, you know, so he's he's a tin man. <laughs> anyway, experiences with that movie. If you you guys uh what you what do you think of that movie? Rick? Okay. I, I'm not sure if you all had the same experience, I honestly don't know when, you know, what the, what the timeline is on this. But when I was a kid, there were movies that came on once a year. There mm-hmm. was, you know, Wizard of Oz, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Sound of Music. They all circulated and, and were aired once a year. And that was, it was an event. And, you know, we could stay up late to watch the Wizard of Oz or whatever. Um, and to be honest... I've been a heretic my whole life because I never really I, I I didn't dislike it so much as I thought it was long and boring. <laughs> well, yeah, when they air it on TV with commercials and stuff, it is long. It's like four <laughs> hours long, and, and you know, for a hyperactive five year old, that's a rough that's a rough ride. <laughs> but that being said, I know every minute of the film. It's kind of like Star Trek to me in that when I see it now in full color. <laughs> And HD and you know total clarity, it still kind of takes me by surprise in a way because I'm used to watching it either on a black and white TV. I'm that goddamn old, uh, <laughs> or you know reception wasn't always great, and so the picture was fuzzy and there was static, and you know, and then there were a million commercials. So when I see a print of it and it's pristine, clear, full color, the you know most of it obviously the first what 20 minutes or black and white it's stu- it's stunning to me it's visually amazing mm-hmm. um you know i i rarely sit through the whole thing because i still think it's way longer than it needs to be and, and kind of boring but i also can't watch it without no without thinking about the hell that judy garland went through at the time not just her everybody but, did oh every yeah but yeah okay. yeah Margaret she hamilton was, had a like lot of stuff too 16 <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and by the time you know before the, she was done with this movie, they had her hooked on amphetamines and and you know they made her lose yeah they made her lose a bunch of weight. The director actually there was one scene where she couldn't stop laughing, and the director just came up and just slapped the mess out of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I cannot separate the the what I know about how the movie was made from the movie anymore. Um, you know things like Buddy Ebsen was supposed to be the Tin Man, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the the silver the silver makeup almost killed him. <laughs> yeah, that's that, to be fair. The Wizard of Oz was not an outlier on that. I mean, they they did there yeah. was a lot of movies back then. They, right, but but most of those movies are not still considered to be classics. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the Munchkin that hung himself, and you can that still see it. That turned out to be false. I know that didn't actually happen. <laughs> I know. I'm joking. <laughs> but you know, I on the other hand. When I watch it from the standpoint of someone who is, you know, who has been in the in the in the theater business for for three decades now, I can appreciate the craft of the film because this was still at a point in time where films were still more theater than movie. Mm. And so I can see a lot of the the same kind of stage tricks we use, force perspective and drops and you know, backdrops and stuff like that. And it's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. The, you know, it is legitimately a classic, all horribleness about it's being made aside. I just think it needs to be, you know, an hour shorter. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 
And when I watch it now, it's obvious to me that they're on a stage. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, wow, this this is this big open land or whatever. And now when I watch it, it looks like they're standing in a room that's not really that big. <laughs> um, and they also, behind the scenes, they said it was really hot in there because of all the lights and everything. And it's, it's crazy when you hear some of those behind the scenes stories from those old Hollywood movies. But Scott, what about you? I, I've always felt that my uh, experience with the, the movie uh, as we're, focusing on right now has has been an odd one because I know I've seen the movie. I'd seen it uh, multiple times as a child back when I wasn't really um, processing or retaining a whole lot of it. You know, I would have the visuals and the rough story, but the, the end sequence basically around the point where they fall asleep in, in the field of poppies because they're all getting so high. Yeah. Um, (laughs) that would usually have the same effect on me. I'd usually end up just kind of nodding off and I would check out for that last part of the movie. I know that the horse changes colors and I never really understood it. Cause it's a horse but, of a different color. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. And I know I would be unnerved by like, say the, the, the scene where the, the, where the trees are throwing apples at, at Dorothy. Oh, those trees are mean and they're scary. Ah. But it was just, you know, it was a thing that I knew it was a movie and I knew that a lot of people liked it. And there were a lot of um, uh, songs that would really stick with you. But I didn't have the clearest memories of watching the movie, which is why it was so easy for almost all of my memories of the movie to be overwritten by two things. One was the Broadway musical Wicked, which I never saw. But the first time I was married... My wife would, anytime she would latch onto a new Broadway soundtrack that she heard about, she would listen to it incessantly. <laughs> so there's no way to count how many times I heard the soundtrack to Wicked, the soundtrack to You're in Town, Avenue Q, The Last Five Years. Avenue Q. <laughs> <laughs> Avenue Q is the best. <laughs> that is, is, is Wicked. I haven't seen Wicked either, but is Wicked one of those Broadway shows where the entire thing is sung? There's no spoken word no, in it? There is spoken word in it. Okay, because I know like, if you listen to the soundtrack of Hamilton, you get the whole story because the soundtrack is the the play. You right. know, I didn't know Same if Wicked was that way. Where all of could... Andrew Lloyd Webber's stuff is that way. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't know if you, Wicked you was that way. You get the show. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the of the musical content of Wicked, I would be thinking of that, and I would kind of incorporate that into all of my thoughts regarding Oz. So if I thought about the movie, I would think about the the backstory that you get from Wicked. And even before that, there was the time that I worked backstage on a uh, live theater production of The Wizard of Oz. So anytime I think of The Wizard of Oz, I think of the show that I did. Before mm-hmm. I think of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's always stuck with me. Like when I, I burned I burned holes in both my hands from working the um the fly lines for the, the monkeys. Because we had actual flying monkeys that would fly oh, across wow. the stage. Mm-hmm. You know what they make gloves for that. Yeah. <laughs> Our technical director said very specifically, no gloves on this rope. And we said, why is that? He said, Because if you start to lose your grip and that rope rope starts to slide, if you're wearing gloves, you won't feel it. So if you have if if you have a 14-year-old girl who's playing the main flying monkey and if she's hurtling towards the stage, you need to feel that that's happening so you can stop the rope. Speaking as a technical director, 
they should not have been flying people with that kind of rig then. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't be possible. <laughs> <laughs> it, we, we we had two lines, one for the up and down and then one for the for the side to side. So myself and one other guy who was my happened to be my roommate at the time, we would hoist that monkey up and then we would have her going, you know, up and down by about two feet as she goes across the stage. And one guy was on the other line, just hauling as, as he can get that monkey across the stage. If, if you can't afford to bring in a professional flying company to fly people, you should not be flying people. We never <laughs> dropped her though. We never I, dropped her. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jim, what about you? Well, uh, like everybody else, I originally saw it on TV. Uh, as the once a year thing. Um, and I thought it was like the greatest thing ever. Cause you know, the, the fact that it goes from black and white to color, which was the big deal back even back then when it originally came out. And by the way, people, it was a flop when it originally came out in theaters. Have that in <laughs> it stuck with me mainly because that first scene, when she walks out into Munchkin land, is just, Oh, it goes yeah. from black and white to just, Boom! Color is just beautiful, and the music that goes with it. But um, you play Dark I Side mean, of the Moon with it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've also seen the the musical. I wasn't in it or anything. I was actually an usher at the theater that was showing it, and it had actually an extra song, two extra characters, if I remember correctly. They did not have the flying monkeys on, on the yeah. Uh, they used backdrops. For, they didn't have actual people in the one that I saw. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's just, it's one of those movies, at least for me, because I'm a girl. <laughs> it really stuck with me. And Judy Garland was like a goddess to me at the time. Um, and then when I was 12, my mom actually bought me the soundtrack to the movie. Yeah, the thirty nine movie, and it has all the dialogue in it. So essentially, I was just basically watching, uh, listening, quote unquote, to the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I memorized every single line because I I listened to that LP constantly. <laughs> I remember when it came out. It came out on video for like the fiftieth anniversary, and they made a big deal that it was coming out on video, yeah. and, they, and they showed some behind the scene. They showed some behind the scenes stuff that I haven't seen since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that when they did it on TV with the commercials, they actually cut bits out to, mm-hmm. to had, fix yeah. it for yeah, time. Be a day long. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember we bought we bought the video and I watched it on video, and there was I remember seeing scenes that I don't remember that I don't remember seeing that. We have the uh, DVD. I don't know if Sharon's ever made it all the way through it. Uh. <laughs> well, it's weird because they actually get to the Emerald City like within the first forty minutes or something. It's, yeah, it just feels longer. Yeah, but it's just the stuff that happens after that, where they have to go fight the Wicked Witch and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's that's what that's what drags. Okay, um, any of you, when you're carrying something heavy, just go oh no. <laughs> no, but there's been there's been more than once that I've uh, put a blanket around my neck and said, "If I were the king." <laughs> Before. <laughs> and my kids are like, "What?" Are you oh God, I, I have a friend that I I have a friend that I game with, and he always goes, uh, 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 uh. "Yeah, <laughs> Panama, Panama." <laughs> All right, so the the next thing that I really put down on my list, which there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that came out after that. Like there was an 
there was an anime film that came out that was kind of based on the next book that I have I've seen, and it's it's actually pretty decent. But uh, in 1976, they came out with The Wiz. Yes, which was based on the play, but it had (laughs) Michael Jackson, Nipsey Russell, Lena Horne, Richard Pryor, Diana Ross. Amazing um, movie. I love it. It's essentially the same story, but it's a Harlem school teacher who gets sent to Oz instead of a little girl. And um, Oz is a lot more city like, you know, it's more like New York City or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, all the characters are essentially the same characters, but they're all played by black actors. And I really, I really like ease on down the road more than I like we're right? off to see the wizard. <laughs> Cause I'll, I, I've been known to sing that a lot too. When we're out walking, we'll go hiking or something like that. He's on down, he's on down the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, this was the time. And again, you know, this, this was my childhood. Um, you know, uh, Sesame street, was set in a very, you know, was very urban uh, on purpose because, you know, these were areas that were underserved by education and by television and stuff like that. And the, the, the Cosby kids, Fat Albert and the Cosby kids was a big deal at this yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, and so my generation of, you know, was boomers, which I know people want to put me in the boomer, you know, in, in boomers, but I'm not, you know, we, my generation is just after the boomers, you know, boomers were all white picket fences and, and, uh, you know, uh, rural America and, and white neighborhoods and stuff like that. Whereas my generation, we grew up seeing people of color on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, on purpose, you know, not just kind of like, you know, uh, Oh, there's a black person in this show, you know, Sesame street, Electric Company, you know, the Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> he was an easy oh, yeah. reader to me long before he was Morgan Freeman. Um, <laughs> you know, and I probably saw The Wiz before I was aware of watching The Wizard of Oz. Wow. And, and you know, the, the Fat, Al- Fat Albert, you know, whatever Bill Cosby is, you know, whatever. Again, we're going back to the separating the art from the artist yeah you know the uh you know the fat albert and the cosby kids was a great show yeah if for no other reason than it showed you know little white me (laughs) what was going on not necessarily you know the reality of of inner city life but it like at least it made me aware of it and so the whiz i love that show Mm -hmm. um you know michael michael jackson you know this was before he went nuts (laughs) nuts <laughs> and, you know yeah because this uh, was 76 this would be before he like became the king of pop exactly right? this was just this was just a fun show i i haven't seen it in ages so i you know yeah. i i don't know how well it ages but you know lena horn you know a goddess yep uh, Nip- <laughs> nipsey russell i i have yet to ever see him in something i didn't love uh it it was just a wonderful adaptation and again it was showing it, it was it was urban life being brought into the forefront to people who wouldn't necessarily see that all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah what about you scott i'm sure you've seen it right i have it's been quite a long time rather like with with rick um yeah i know i watched it once upon a time and some of the music stuck with me ease on down the road of course that's a hard one to forget um i used to be in a 
community singing group. Um, I, anyone on this uh, on this show on this panel familiar with Up with People? Oh God, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so so Rick, you know yeah. Up with People. Oh right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, once upon a time, there was, and I I really don't know the history of it, but apparently there was a group here in um, in my home city. Uh, it was a part of Up with People that kind of spun off and spun out from Up with People, and it became its own group that was more local, not like a nationwide group. Um, and that group persisted for for quite a long time, and I was lucky enough be there for its demise. I, <laughs> I, I, I rode that particular roller coaster car straight into the ground. <laughs> um, it wasn't my fault. It was just, it was, it's waning. It, it was, it's waning. You up, when with I, people. <laughs> it, up with people. Wasn't my fault. It was, it was called sing out. Um, it was, you know, it was uh, attached with our city and it was, Kind of, you know, getting a little, little weak, a little long in the tooth. By the time I, I joined in, and uh, you know, the, the support from the adult organizers that had been, uh, you know, keeping it going, that support kind of tapered off and, and drifted away. And then the members of the group, we took it on ourselves to try to, you know, keep it going, and we did for a little bit. But you know, eventually, if you don't have the infrastructure and you don't have the, uh, the, the budget and the support to keep something like that alive, then eventually goes away. But we did just, have, just, a, to, just to tell you, I was in chorus from second or third grade through like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And at some point in there, I couldn't tell you when now I'd have to look, I, had a, I have a scrapbook somewhere, but we did a concert with up with the up with people. folks. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> I, they apparently had some clout, but I, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that's ever heard of them these days. <laughs> my, my former roommate, the the people at the, the the couple I lived with before Emily and I got married, he had been in the, in the touring group of up with, up with people when he was younger. I heard, I think there's an episode in the the third season of The West Wing that that references it mentions up with people one time. That's probably the most uh, <laughs> modern reference that you're going to get is. West Wing season three. So that was about 20 years ago. <laughs> to give you all an idea, Up With People makes Disney seem positively edgy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how wholesome that shit was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so apologizing for my Up With People tangent, but our spinoff group from that had um, uh, at least one song from The Wiz that we would it would break out every now and again. It was um, a brand new day. Mm. We, would oh, yeah, yeah. we would do that one every once in a while. And because we had the song from, from the movie, most of us were at least marginally familiar with the, with the film. I had seen it before. Um, I've seen productions of it staged, not, not actually seen the productions, but I've seen that theaters in town or not far from here have uh, staged the show. Uh, so it was still existing in, in the zeitgeist, but I never got a chance to go and see it live on stage. I remember the first time that I saw it, it was, um, I was in the third grade and it was one of those days that was kind of close to Christmas break. So the teacher didn't want to start a new lesson. So we 
watched a movie in class or whatever. And she had recorded the whiz off of television, you know, the year before or something. And she just had it in the room and she said, we're going to watch the whiz. And everybody was like, I, what is the whiz? It's got Michael Jackson in it. Okay. <laughs> you know, everybody got excited then. And then she put it on and like, that's Michael Jackson. Where's his red jacket? (laughs) (laughs) Where's his glove? (laughs) You know, all that. But it stuck with me because I was, I've always been the kid that something that I knew a lot about, and then I watch a new version of it. And I'm always, I'm like comparing the two. I still do that, you know? And, um, oh, this is that part from the other movie where, let's see how they did it in this, you know? But Jim, what about you? Well, I originally saw The Wiz on TV, on cable. Um, and then when I was a freshman in high school, they did it for my high school for the fall uh, musical. And uh, obviously because of the population of the school, it wasn't unfortunately all African-American people in it. <laughs> but uh, uh, I found out I wasn't in it. I just saw it. I found out because one of my friends was playing Gosh, I don't even remember what part she played. But they said she told me that the la- the last because they did it for three days. Uh, the last day when they were doing the the you know, ever you know the curtain call and everything else, everybody was backstage. They were holding hands and they sang "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road" by Elton John. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so sweet! <laughs> oh, I was like, I wish I could have been there for that. But um, yeah, uh, the Wiz on TV. So when I originally heard about it, I was like, wait, they made a a black version of the Wizard of Oz. Okay. And I watched it and I'm like, wait, that's Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Cause they filmed it in like 76, 77 and it ever came out in 78. So he had just stopped doing stuff with the Jackson five when he did this film. He was Mm -hmm. what? Like 18, 19 when he did the Wiz, something like that. Um, yeah. So this was like I said before, Michael Jackson got cuckoo. Uh, and this was back when Diana Ross was still really big and everything. So pretty much everybody in this movie was like big, you know, real big. I mean, Richard Pryor was still in his prime at this point. And every, I mean, it was great. And the only actor I didn't recognize was the actor who played the lion. I can't remember his name. You have to look it up. But uh, yeah, everybody in that movie was just like big, real big in the 60s and 70s. That was my really, really first time seeing Lena Horne in anything was the whiz. And my mom Ted, more, like Ted worshipped Ross. Her. Ted, Ted Ross, Ross okay. played, uh, played the character. He was a big life. singer at the time, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I mean, Lena Horne, my mom was like, oh, Lena Horne, she loved her so much. And I didn't know who she was until I saw the whiz. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> She's awesome. I had forgotten um, how amazing Lena Horne was until last month when uh, Disney Plus put the Muppet Show on. Oh yes, I remember when she was on that. Yes. And and she was on, and I was like, oh my god, this woman is gorgeous. Well, she was and the first African American actress to ever be signed to a movie contract. I, and I, I just, I, you know, as a kid, you know, she was just another person singing and dancing. And then I watched mm-hmm. this, and I was like, holy. Yeah, she was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I just, saw the you know, Wiz before I saw just, her on the Muppet Show, so. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I mean, it's, it's great. Uh, the music, like you said, is, is iconic, just like the original. And, uh, yeah, ease on down the road is a banger. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, they did a, so like in 2015, I think they did a, uh, NBC did like a live version of the Wiz. You know, NBC does these live events about once a year. They've, mm-hmm. they've done the Sound of Music and they've done Peter Pan. The Peter Pan one was awful <laughs> because Christopher Walken kept forgetting his lines. <laughs> and, uh, did, did you see the Rocky Horror? It was, painful. that was awful. It was, I so didn't bad. watch it. I, I didn't watch it, it was, but, um, yeah. they did, uh, but Hairspray the, was good. <laughs> I didn't see they that. They did one. the Wiz and it was weird because, uh, David Allen Greer, and Queen Latifah played Anne M and Uncle Henry in this version of The Wiz. Well, Queen Latifah um, could do no wrong. Right. <laughs> but what was weird about it was because they also played Anne M and Uncle Henry in The Muppets Wizard of Oz. That's right, they did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which is another one that I put down. Uh, uh, I don't, that's really, there, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Let me find where I put it in my notes. But they, I, um, I know that happened. Yeah, yeah. It, it came out in like 2005, 2006, something like that. Yeah. It was a made-for-TV thing. Huh. And um, I, I want to say, I don't think it's on Disney+. Plus. I don't even know where you could find it. I mean, I'll look I'll look it up in a minute. But They had Ashanti playing. Yeah, Ashanti Dorothy. played uh, Dorothy. Kermit was the Scarecrow. Gonzo was the Tin Thing. Uh, and Fozzie was a lion, which that's yeah. not really a stretch for Fozzie. Yeah, skin. Fozzie was a cowardly lion. <laughs> Miss Piggy was all the witches. <laughs> and uh, Pepe, the king prawn, was Toto. <laughs> and uh, never heard of this. While I've yeah. got, the, let, let me look I up. I may be glad of that. Let me look up. Just watch and see where you can and see I, if there's anywhere where you can watch it now. I can't get my leg up high Probably Disney Plus. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but I haven't seen it pop up on Disney Plus. Let's see. Huh. I've got my Pepe my tattoo on my leg, but I can't get my leg up high enough to get it. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> the Muppets Wizard of Oz. 2005 is when it came out. You can rent it for $3.99 on Amazon or YouTube. Okay. Yeah, so, that's not going to happen. So they did return to Oz in 1985. Oh, that scared the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> If the if the Wizard of Oz, if the, the Wicked Witch of the West scared me in... Um, when I was a little kid, this movie came out when I was eight and the whole thing scared me. So it's, um, it's not really a sequel to the movie. Like it was kind of advertised because number one, uh, it's, it is not a musical. And number two, Disney didn't have the rights to the movie. They had, they got the rights to the books. Mm -hmm. So they made this as like a sequel to the book, but they kind of advertised it. Had like a, a a pumpkin headed dude. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It had Faruza Balk in it that she's um She was Dorothy. If, if you've seen if you've seen her, you would know her from she was in the Water Boy, she was in the Witch the, is it the No the Craft. craft. The craft. Yeah. yeah. Oh her, yes. Yes. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, she's um so she played Dorothy and she was Obviously, this is like a nine-year-old Dorothy, not a sixteen-year-old Dorothy, or or a sixteen-year-old playing a nine-year-old Dorothy. That's also kind of why the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion are not like main characters in in this one. This time, she meets new new characters because she's going to save these other characters that have been uh, kidnapped by the Gnome King and all that. Mm-hmm. So Toto's there, but she also has a chicken that can talk. And uh, she meets Jack Pumpkinhead. She meets TikTok of Oz uh, and the Gump, which mm-hmm. is a which is a couch with a moose head that she sprinkles magic dust <laughs> on, and, and it comes to life. Which all that all that is from the book. 
all that yeah. happens in the books, you know, the, the magic dust. Cause in the, in the book, the land of Oz, there's a, uh, there's a sawhorse that this little boy sprinkles this dust on and it comes to life. And it's one of the main characters. It's just a sawhorse that can't even bend its legs, but it walks around, yep. you know? And uh, Scott, have you ever seen Return to Oz? Um, I have. It's. Um, I, I remember it unnerved me. I can't remember the. <laughs> can't remember the names of the the character types. The the, the those strange uh, haunted entities with the with the long arms and legs with the wheels at the end of them. What do you call oh, them? Yeah. the wheelers? The wheelers. wheelers. Okay, I remember them being particularly disturbing, and I can't even really put my finger on why. I think. That overall, with this film having a a much uh, darker, dirtier, desaturated, gloomy, foreboding look throughout the entire film, whereas mm-hmm. The Wizard of Oz was incredibly colorful. Mm-hmm. They turned that saturation up to 11. And then you get Return to Oz, and everything's gray, and everything's grim. And dark, not as in dark and gritty, but dark is in lacking in light. Mm-hmm. And it feels colder. It feels more intimidating. I, I can't readily think of another better example of a film that was so well-regarded and well-loved and appreciated in its original form. And then its sequel scares you away from uh, if they tried to make a third film in the series, people would not have gone to see it because they got so <laughs> built up by the first film and then return to Oz comes around and it's literally scared the children away. They wouldn't have come back for a third one if they tried. Now r- r- um, it had a cult. I, it has a cult following though, yeah. because it, it, uh, because of its scariness, it's yeah. th- that extreme tonal shift between the first film and second film. That's why the second film is so popular now because now, the children that were terrified by it are old enough to not be so scared. Now, they come back and say, hey, this scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. That's why I love it. And that's why it's so popular these days. Well, uh, people, you know, if somebody asked me about Return to Oz, you know, I say, have you ever seen Willow? Uh, yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. You'll like Return yeah. to Oz. The, the scene that I remember scaring me, well, there was two scenes that scared me. First of all, I didn't know. When I was eight years old, I didn't know what electroshock therapy was. Oh, um, oh that first scene. Wait, oh, there's electroshock God. therapy in an Oz movie? Yeah, yes, see, in that, the first few that's minutes. That's the whole thing is that this is this is like six months after after Dorothy went to Oz. And um, she's her her parents, not her parents, her aunt and Uncle Henry are rebuilding their house because it got destroyed in the tornado. And uh, she keeps talking about this place that she went to and they think she's crazy. So they take her so, to a sanitarium and they do electroshock therapy on her. And I'm so glad I never saw this. Movie. It, <laughs> it, and it sends her back to Oz because it, once again, it's all a dream because all the, all the bad people in, in Oz are the doctor and the nurses and stuff from the sanitarium. So there's that scene where they show, she sees the face. There's like a face in the electroshock machine where it kind of looks like it has a, a, a mouth and a nose and eyes and stuff. And then she meets TikTok later and it's the same kind of face. And then um, the other scene is when Mombi, the witch, she's got this room full of heads. 
I was going to mention she, that. Oh. Yeah, because she, she changes her head out, and that's what she wants Dorothy for. She wants to take her head and put it in her collection. And, yeah. and Dorothy it's, is in this room, and the heads see her, and they start screaming. They start talking. It's for, for Mombi to come and get her, because <laughs> so all these heads are in this room, and they just start screaming. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> And can I just say, between that movie and Willow, Gene Marsh is the Antichrist. I'm just saying. <laughs> who, who was Gene Marsh in Willow? She was the witch in Willow. Uh, oh, Queen, oh, Queen okay. Badmorda. Badmorda, okay. Yeah. She plays Razzle. the witch in Return to Oz as well. Yeah. She's even creepier in this movie. They just celebrated its uh, 30th anniversary, like in the last month or so. And it's... It's one that I recommend. I, I I think it's a good movie. It's just I would not recommend it for children, and that's who no. it's made for. <laughs> no. But I, yeah. I'm surprised that it came out before Labyrinth. I would have thought that the the gray dour tone of of this movie would have been inspired by Labyrinth, but it actually came out the year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and there, I mean, there's also images like the uh, they. Which this is actually from the books. In the books, uh, Oz is surrounded by a desert. Yep. And uh, you can't you can't cross the desert because if you touch the sand, you turn in the sand, and uh, and that happens in this movie. Well, I think one mm-hmm. of the wheelers drives off the side and and falls into the sand, and he turns into sand. You know. So yeah. The 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 next one that I've got on the list is uh, from. I'm not sure if any of you guys have ever seen Tin Man from 2007. Yes. Yes. I've it seen it. I love sci- it. It's a Sci-Fi Channel original uh, miniseries. My wife a- watched it. Yeah, and I was in the room while it was on. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, has Zoe Deschanel, Alan Cumming, and uh, Neil McDonough. Alan Cumming is the zipper. Yeah, has yeah. His zipper. he has yeah. his brain yeah. taken out, and it's a zipper. Yeah, yeah. That's another one of those where they take the essence of the characters and recreate them and everything because it's called Tin Man because uh, uh, Neil McDonald plays like the sheriff of the OZ, which is the outer zone, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got a tin star, so he's the Tin Man, you know. So, and then uh, it's not Dorothy, it's DG. DG, yep. And which I mean, if you watch the entire miniseries, you you find out at the end that she was she's actually Dorothy's granddaughter, and she's the daughter of the Queen of Oz and everything. So, um, but Oz has been turned into the the OZ over time and and, and stuff. So it's not bad, but it's it's one of those early two thousands sci fi movies that's got like really bad special effects. At least there's no sharks in it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I still enjoyed it. I I really liked it. And there is a there's a a bit of twist stuff in the plot with some of the characters that I'm not going to go into. You need to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, it it. I mean, the story itself is actually really good. But right, the CGI is eh, for a yeah. TV movie. You know, uh, what are you I'll do? say this about it. There have been a lot of shows that my wife has watched while I was in the room. That <laughs> I wouldn't say I watched, but like, okay, for example, Charmed and Supernatural are two big ones where, you know, I was there in the room, you know, this was when we lived in a place where like, like we are now where the living room is where our computers are. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so when she was watching the show, I'd be in the room, but not necessarily watching it. Uh, you know, but Supernatural would very often catch my attention. Charmed would very often catch my attention, irrespective of their costumes. But this was on, my wife was watching it, and it was one of those shows where I was like, oh, I'm glad I'm not trying to pay attention to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, and it was two. 2007 was this before or after elf because zoe deschanel is like a name now and uh, i remember like her first thing the first thing i ever saw her in was elf um first thing i ever saw her in was hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy uh, yeah that's right i, I, I always before forget that. elf was before that okay was she the one in Bones, or was that the other day? That, that was her, was her sister. 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 Was the other one. Which they look almost exactly alike if Zoe pulls her hair back. Well, she when has, she's well got the bang, her sister has got the brown bangs. hair, and Zoe has dark hair. But, yeah. She wears the, her bangs down, and she wears those big Clark Kent glasses, and it makes her look like a completely different person. <laughs> when she takes her, I know, I'm serious, if she takes her glasses back and pulls her hair back, she does not look like the same person. Mm-hmm. Talking about Tin Man, I'm just going to choose to think only of the uh, episode of Next Generation, guest starring uh, Harry Groner. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that well, is actually one of my favorite TNG episodes, and I know that it's not a popular one, but I love it. Eh. I, as a child, I hated that episode because I thought it was boring as shit. <laughs> I thought it was dull. I, I thought there was nothing going on. But then I got older. You go back and you re- you rewatch it, and you see what an outstanding performance that Harry Groner turns in mm-hmm. as as Tam. Yeah, and yeah. that that episode is killer. <laughs> and it, and it's just it's just a Data's conversation with Riker at at the end was it right? No, Troy. Troy at the end yeah. when they're in the in the observation lounge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love the episode, but that is like one of the the perfect caps to a, a perfect episode. Mm-hmm. I wanted I invited Jen to the show tonight <laughs> because um, I know that she has seen Once Upon a Time more than well. I. Okay, well, I have a whole list of like adaptations that I've watched that you haven't even covered yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah you you didn't you didn't mention the Great and Powerful Oz yet. Yeah, that's later. That's coming up. That's coming up. Oh, is that later? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, okay. So, do you guys remember a little cult film that had our beloved Carrie Fisher in it called Over the Rainbow? No. Oh, that was her with like tons of little people. I never saw it. Yeah, that was. They were getting ready to do an adaptation of the movie, and she was like one of the crew or something like that. But they were. That was supposedly the biggest collection before before Willow, because it came out before Willow, of little people that they got on screen like ever. Uh, I remember that. Uh, was Kenny Baker in that one? I don't know. I think he was, because they pretty much got like every little person actor like who was I, working I never at the heard time for this. Good film. about it, so I know I, I didn't bother. It's going not to good, it. but it's become kind of a cult classic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I think okay. my parents liked it. I don't know. I know. I, I know it was on the TV at the house more than once. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I remember distinctly there was an episode of Super Friends where they went to Oz. And yeah, sorry, there's, Rick. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like <laughs> yeah. Epi- sorry, Rick. They, this is how they say it in the show. But Mixoplick took them there. 
It's mixed. Yes, pickle piddling. God damn it. <laughs> but they said it was mixed up in the show. So they wanted yeah. to say it a way that the kids could say it. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. I only of... know that because Dynamite Magazine. I know. I know. We've discussed this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of episodes of, especially like cartoons. There's a lot of episodes of shows where they go to Oz or they do a Wizard of Oz parody or something like that. Yeah, that happened. That happened a lot, especially like in the eighties. That uh, I'm sure Donnie and Marie must have done something along those. No, lines. I know they did Star Wars, but we've already discussed that. And yes. uh, but uh, there was Vader's that. Raiders, and here we come. <laughs> <laughs> and Red Fox is Obi. No, 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 uh, no. It wasn't Red Fox. It was it was Chris Christopherson was Obi. Chris Christopherson was Han Solo. Yeah. Oh shit! You're right. It was Red Fox is Obi Wan. Okay. No, I don't remember what's going on. But uh, anyway, there was, of course, the Muppets Wizard of Oz, we already talked about. Uh, Tin Man. Uh, there was a TV show that only ran for one season called Emerald City. Do you remember that? I remember it, but I never watched it. Yeah. Again, my wife watched it. I was in the room. I didn't pay much attention. Yeah, I, Tarsem Singh, the guy who did like mm-hmm. the fall and all that, he was the producer director of the show. It was beautiful to look at. The plot wasn't very good. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna watch it, but when it got canceled, I didn't see the point. And then, of course, then we get to, uh, of course, Wicked, which we've already discussed. But I've seen Wicked. Um, I've, I've also never read seen the. Book. the yeah, I've never seen the play, but I have read the book. And the, the book I really, and the play I really like have the book. nothing in common with each other. I'll just yeah. tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I really like the book. I yeah. never read. I think there's a sequel to it, and I never, I've never read that. Yeah, there is a sequel to it. I haven't there, read the sequel. There, there's a sequel, and then I think it was the same author. He did a few other books. Uh, taking yeah, the, he did one for the Wicked Stepsister, uh, and like I he think did he a, did an. He did a take on the on a Christmas Carol too, I think. Did he? he I haven't seen that. Or he did a book that had, or at least Ebenezer Scrooge was a character in that book. I, I haven't read it, but I've seen it at the store. There was an episode of Futurama where they did a retelling of it. I remember specifically, um, and I mean, a lot of TV shows did Oz stuff, and they did Alice in Wonderland. So Alice in Wonderland is the other one that they, there's crap loads of adaptations of it. Um, Public domain. Right. And, same, and Pete, Peter Pan, too. Uh, but, yeah, then we get to Once Upon a Time, which, in this case, they did is they brought in a few characters from the, the story. Specifically, they brought in the Wicked Witch of the West as a sister of one of the main characters in the show. And they made it that she became green because she was envious of this other character. And she literally turned green. <laughs> green with envy. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. And her name was uh, Zelina. And uh, she became such a popular character that she became a main cast member in season five going forward. And But she did. I, I personally hate this character. No disrespect to Rebecca Mater, who played her. But uh, let's put it this way. Because Once Upon a Time in general is basically it starts out. These are all fairy tale characters who get trapped in the real world in a small town in Maine, and they don't know their fictional characters, right? So you've got Snow White, Prince Charming, uh, Red Riding Hood, her grandmother, uh, Jimmy Cricket, Pinocchio, Geppetto. All these characters are in this little town, but they don't know that they're fairy tale characters, and that's because they're quote unquote cursed. As the, the seasons go on, they bring in other characters, and they brought in some of the Oz characters and they had a backstory for her specifically Zelina. Um, 
and she ends up being this. She starts out nice, and of course becomes wicked over the course of the show. And the, the one thing that she does do that I cannot, I don't know why the writers thought of this. It was 2014. That's all I can say. She ends up shape shifting into Maid Marian, and through deception gets pregnant by Robin to get back <laughs> at this other character. Why? But anyway. Oh, Rick, you've never seen Once Upon a Time, have you? They, they, they... I have been again. I have been in the room while yeah. it's been on, and that was when I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, they it, they, they, so they weave these characters it's in so and out yeah, all the time. Yeah. Uh, but they end up also in season six. I re- I think it's season six. I'm I'm rewatching the show, believe it or not, right now. I've only watched like the first two seasons of it. That's why I, I didn't know much about the what the first they two did seasons Oz, are the so. best seasons of the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in season six, they end up Red Riding Hood goes to Oz. I don't remember why, and it turns out Dorothy is gay. Okay. Okay. Try and f- figure that out, and she falls in love with Red Riding Hood, who is bi. And well, I, it can, I mean, I mean you, you figure that Friends of Dorothy is a thing, and why not? <laughs> well, they, they were trying to bring in LGBTQ characters, and that's where they went, okay? Yeah. They, they bring in the Oz stuff occasionally, but the main character that's brought into the show is the Wicked Witch of the West. And she is green and has a British accent. um and she's uh, sometimes she's entertaining and sometimes she's not but uh they when they initially had her reveal like her her being in oz and all that stuff uh number one they still kept that the wizard was from our land and he was like in his 20s or something like that and she turned him into one of the flying monkeys (laughs) (laughs) As revenge. Uh, there were all four witches of the Cardinal Witches. And she was picked because she was a powerful sorceress and they needed a fourth. Kind of like the craft. Uh, and they put her power into some amulet that she had to wear. And if she took the amulet off, she couldn't use any of her magic. And she ends up overpowering the other three witches. They weren't, And they didn't have that the Witch of the East was her sister or anything like that. That wasn't in this version. And uh, initially Dorothy comes and she is like, I want to say 13 because she comes to Oz twice in this version. Uh, The first time she's like 13. And then the second time she's in her, I want to say mid to late twenties when she comes back. And that's when the whole thing with red writing. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. They Um, did that. They did that in the book where she, she, she would go back to Oz from time to time until later in the books, her and, and M and Uncle Henry all got sent to Oz, and then they lived there. They stayed there yeah. forever. Well, uh, they have this whole idea in the show about saviors, and they have specific characters who become, quote-unquote, saviors. Uh, Jennifer Morrison's character is one of them. Uh, Aladdin is one. And Dorothy is one. And Rumble Silskin is one that you find out in Season 6. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, so... If I mean, Once Upon a Time is just one of those shows that, and they do a lot of flashbacks in it, so you kind of have to watch the whole thing to get it. Especially in the first two seasons and then sixth season, they do a shit ton of flashbacks to other seasons. So you kind of have to watch them in order to go, oh yeah, that happened back in 
that and explains mm-hmm. this. But anyway, the Oz portion in particular doesn't have as many flashbacks, but Zelina became a popular character. I don't know why. I don't ever. That whole thing with Robin was. But um, (laughs) she was green in the show. She had really cool wardrobe, too. She always wore. She was a redhead, and she always wore these. Her witch's hats were always leaned to the side like she was wearing a a fedora all the time. She looked really cute. If you see promo pictures of her. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's uh, how they fit it into Once Upon a Time. They specifically had the Wicked Witch of the West show up and be eventually become a main character on the show. So there you go. <laughs> not to be disparaging of the show, because I mean, I I didn't care for it, but not because it was bad. It was just not my my not my bag. Um, you know, when Frozen became a big deal, they that was season four. I hated it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Peter yeah. Pan story that happened right before it was actually not bad. Well, they it was turned, Disney. You know, Disney's gonna gonna yeah. Then they turned Peter in. Pan into a villain. Well, yeah. good. <laughs> and he's an asshole. He is he, probably he one of the was. biggest assholes in the show. Yeah, and they <laughs> they add to it in the show. He's pretty much one of the worst villains in the show. Uh, and it turns out he is also the Pied Piper. And what he was doing was taking the Lost Boys as the Pied Piper to uh, to Neverland. Now, yeah. a, a, a few <laughs> weeks ago, Sharon watched Hook all on her own. Oh wow! And she liked it. I liked that movie. I re- I, I, it's an acquired taste. Oh. And when I initially saw it, I didn't like it. But great, great performances. Boring ass movie. Uh, yeah. We can't do a show about Oz without acknowledging Oz the Great and Powerful, starring uh, James Franco, Mila Kunis, Rachel Weisz. I Weiss. loved Mila Kunis, and that I, you know, my wife and I went and saw that at the movies because my wife. Is you know she she okay? My wife is the one who's into fantasy and and uh, uh, fairy tales and all that stuff. So there was no chance we weren't going to see it. Yeah, uh, I liked it. I mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was a great film, but I bawled my eyes out when the little porcelain doll girl got broken or whatever. Or whatever. But spoiler. That's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know and and Mila Kunis, I love her. I think she's awesome. And it, it's, I think of her as her character in that 70s show. So whenever I see her playing somebody else, <laughs> it, it, it strips my mental gears, but in a good way. I thought it was a fine movie. I don't think it deserved anywhere near the amount of vitriol it's gotten. Well, it doesn't hurt that she hasn't aged a day since she was on that well, 70s yeah, show. She, she's gorgeous as get out, all get out, yeah. Um, but I just, I, I, I liked that movie. It was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. I don't, I mean, it's one, I've only seen it once. And as I was doing this, I was uh, racking my brain to remember different parts of it, but I remember visually it was beautiful. Yeah. It's a Sam Raimi movie. I love just about Mm -hmm. everything I've ever seen that he's done, but you know, it's going to be a little bit out there and and they're going to play around with the lore a little bit and stuff. So delightfully twisted as Sam Raimi (laughs) always is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's a, He's a Franco's a magician that gets sent to Oz and he ends up getting involved in the relationships between all these witches and stuff. And it's 20 years before Dorothy got there, you know, so he ends up becoming the wizard by the end of it. And then Mila Kunis, we find out that she's the wicked witch of the West and she turns green and all yeah. that. So, um, yeah, Scott, you got anything to add about that? 
Uh, it starred James Franco and it was directed by Sam Raimi. This was a you know latter day Sam Raimi uh, directorial effort, which uh, does not excite me nearly as much as it used to back in the days of Dark Man, Evil Dead, and Spider Man. So yeah, <laughs> I very easily gave this one a pass. I wrote down a few others that I didn't really go go into that. Um... I mean, because like I said, there's all kinds of adaptations of Oz. There was a uh, animated series that was kind of a sequel to the 36 film uh, called The Wizard of Oz. There was a, a a Japanese TV show called The Wonderful Galaxy of Oz that was like an <laughs> outer space riff on it, you know. Okay. Uh, one. <laughs> in in 1996, they had a, a cartoon called The Oz Kids, which did not make any sense because it was all the characters from The Wizard of Oz, but they're little kids, and Dorothy's there. And like, okay. Dorothy's not supposed to be there yet. <laughs> <laughs> the 70s, Saturday morning 70s. No, this was the 90s. Period. This was 90s, oh, I you, man. I yeah, 70s. this was 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um, 90s has no excuse. <laughs> Tim Burton was supposed to make a movie called Lost in Oz. He wrote, oh. he wrote a... a script in 2000 and um it never got made (laughs) which which, you know tim burton eventually uh eventually tackled wonderland with uh alice in wonderland and everything but um i would it would have been interesting to see what he did with oz you know if he had done that in the 80s it probably would have happened and would have been awesome yeah but you know uh, tim burton i i used to love tim burton movies I used to, I, uh, it was my goal to have every term Tim Burton movie uh, until Sleepy Hollow came out. <laughs> and, 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 and I may be getting the, the timeline wrong, but Sleepy Hollow and uh, uh, Planet of the Apes was like the end of my love affair with Tim Burton movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that Tim Burton. Planet of the Apes movie is not good. <laughs> I think well, it's just the ending of it is just so strange. The way it was set up for a sequel that uh, yeah, never happened. Yeah, if, if I can if I can quote my British friends, Tim Burton climbed up his own ass and stayed there. As they- <laughs> well, which I, I mean, if you've ever if you've ever read the book Planet of the Apes, the book mm-hmm. that's what happens at the end of the book. He goes back quote unquote he goes back to earth and then when he gets off of his spaceship everybody's monkeys but you know and, and so that was my problem with the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and then and then sleepy hollow and then oh sweeney todd oh my i loved i actually liked his interpretation of sweeney todd i've never seen that yeah i i you know okay my problems with sweeney todd and sleepy hollow are the same yeah it's like okay, we get it. This one chops off heads. This one cuts throats. Do we need to see 14 of them in slow motion up close? You know, it it just, he lost all subtlety Hmm. and just went, let's be as in your face as possible. Uh, And, and I just, I, I mean, I'll give him credit for Sweeney Todd in that. And I don't know if it was him. uh, The music from the movie is a lot less atonal than the music from the play. Hmm. Uh, the music from the play is purposely discordant. Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. and the in the movie they they made it a lot more hummable. Um, 
but I just, I didn't, I, I it, it was just like, it, it's like the same problem I have with Tarantino, which is okay. In the, in, you know, in his early days, being that vulgar and that violent was breaking ground. But after a while, it just got to be, all right, we get it. Stop. And that was my kind of my problem with Tim Burton. My last Tim Burton movie that I really liked was Big Fish. I love that movie. Yeah. But like Mars Attacks and Ed Wood uh, are uh, Edward Scissorhands was okay. I didn't I didn't dislike it. it. It was not for me. You know, those were great. And then and then he just he just bought into his own hype and just started. Yeah, I, I pretty much figured out all of his remakes are shit. I mean, Dark Shadows is don't watch it. it. <laughs> it's awful. His original work is great. Yeah, adaptations that he does are just awful. Well, I like he, Batman. He, he's well, not helped, okay. He's not helped <laughs> along by the advent of of digital effects. Once he realized, hey. I can use a computer to do this stuff instead of making like clay miniatures like I did with, with Beetlejuice. Then Beetlejuice was genius. I love Beetlejuice. Don't you say a bad word about Batman. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I forgot about Batman. (laughs) I know. I I said Batman and and Rick rolled his eyes. I have, Fondness in I, my heart for that first movie. I, I love the movie, but I have big problems with it. And oh, well. I did that. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we go, does anybody want to add anything before we uh, start closing things up? Uh, just that Wicked was awesome. If you've never seen Wicked on stage or whatever, I, I think besides Scott listening to it, <laughs> I think I'm the only one who's actually seen it. Yeah. Um, I want to see it, but so it came to Birmingham. No, it didn't come to. Yeah, it did come to Birmingham. It came to Birmingham a few years ago, but it was so expensive. Mm -hmm. I just, I I, I couldn't, I couldn't. uh, I'm not surprised. Justified going. But um, I wish that more Broadway shows would do like what Hamilton did and, and, and film it. A, Mm -hmm. a, a, A few years. I mean, I could see for a few years, you know, you don't want to put it out on Disney plus a, a year after it's, it's hit Broadway, but Wicked's been, been going since what? 2012. Yeah. Something like that. Well, let's look, to look how long it took him to do Phantom of the Opera. I mean, yeah, that thing's I, been running forever. I wish more Broadway shows would do that because there's a lot of people like me that have only been to Broadway once in our life and may never get to go back, you know, yeah. and I would, well, I'm I would a musical love to nerd. see some of those shows. Yeah. Among all the nerddoms that I've got musicals is one of them. <laughs> and the one time that I went, I went with a school trip with my daughter's class. So we had to go see something that the kids would like. So we ended up going to see Disney's Aladdin, on Broadway, uh, which was a good show, but it's not the one that I wanted to see. <laughs> well, you know, I, I work in the business and right. there's a lot of shows I haven't seen, you know, in, in the early years, it was because I didn't have time. And now it's exactly like you say, Wicked comes to town. Oh, honey, Wicked's coming to town. 86 bucks a fucking ticket. Yeah, yeah. I know. And yeah. that's for the nosebleed Sorry. seats. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton Hamilton came to Atlanta, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to go see it, but the I, the the tickets that weren't like way up in the balcony somewhere where you weren't going to be able to even see anything were 
like a hundred, at least a hundred dollars. Yeah. You come, uh, you come down. It goes one hundred fifty, two hundred, three hundred. Yeah, you know. they're not cheap. And where I was at, it was all by lottery, so you couldn't even get yeah. a ticket. It was all by lottery for Hamilton. I'm like, son of a. Anyway, yeah. but Wicked is you, sorry. A funny story about nosebleed seats. The first time I saw Les Mis, I was mm-hmm. on a, a a trip to England, and we I saw I saw it on the West End. Uh, we, we were, we were taking a tour of, we, we were actually taking a show. We took a production of Oklahoma to England. That's a whole other story. We got, we, we spent a week in London before we headed down to Cornwall where we, where we were doing the show and my, my girlfriend and her best friend, her best friend was like, uh, you know, he was, he was like a, a, a Saudi son or something. He, he had a shitload of money. And so he got tickets for her and him to sit down in like the good seats. Uh, yeah. I got tickets up in the freaking roof. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't mind that because if, if you know the, the show Les Mis, you know, uh, the, the, the climax of the show, it's the French revolution and they build this barricade, which was an incredible technical feat yeah. because it's all these <laughs> buildings on stage that just kind of move into the middle of the stage and then they lay down and move together. And suddenly instead of being buildings, they're this pile of crap that the, 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 uh, the, the citizens built to fight the French soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so, my seat was so high up that during this battle, I could see both sides of the, of the barricade. Oh no. <laughs> and so it, it was on a turntable and it would rotate. So you'd see like one side was the quote unquote good guys and they'd be shooting bang, 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 bang. And then the, the, the thing would rotate around and you'd see the bad guys and they'd be shooting bang, bang, bang. And then would rotate around and see all the, everybody was dead on the stage and they would rotate around. And I was watching the dead guys get up and run off. Stage. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Well, What's funny well, is no, I loved uh, it because that's you know that's, that's oh you my did okay. <laughs> so, What's yeah, funny I, is uh, in in like Shakespeare days and stuff, the cheap seats were right in front of the stage. You're right? Oh, they were stand- yeah, the ground yeah. they they, yeah. they paid the a drillers in the front good for five <laughs> hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Wicked's been they've been trying to make a movie of it for at least five years now, so it's it's in development hell is what's going on. Supposedly, we're supposed to see a Wicked movie next year. And that's, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll settle for, I would rather see a filmed stage production, like professionally filmed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than see them adapted into a movie. Like the, what they did with Hamilton on Disney Plus, I love that. Yeah. You know, you're, you're watching it as it was meant to be, you know, performed on stage, but it's professionally filmed. So you, right. you've got some close ups and stuff like that. Yeah. That's how I, re- I finally saw Shrek the musical yeah. was they did that on Netflix. <laughs> and I finally saw that. That is hysterical. You need to watch Shrek the musical. Oh, I did my not God. know they put that on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They put it on Netflix and they added some backstory to a couple of the characters, including the prince, or, or excuse me. Farquad, who thinks he's a prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really cute. So you, you definitely take a look at, at Shrek the Musical. Um, I don't know if it's still on Netflix. I caught it on Netflix, but it was a stage production shown with camera. You know, basically I mean, Tyler Perry does that with all his plays. So, Easter weekend. Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber has been doing since since the COVID thing started. He's been uh, allowing airings of of his shows 
mm-hmm. uh, for a limited release on on uh, YouTube. And that's how I, I finally saw Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. uh, which blew me away. I, I, oh, it's it, amazing. When, when a show gets that much hype, I tend to shy away from it. Um, but you know, and and the the Phantom movie was just dreadful. Eh, um, it was. Eh. We we've talked about this. <laughs> it. Was awful. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, the play was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and and it's very rare for me to be blown away by a a, a, a musical. You know, this is my job, and I don't like watching plays, uh, which is something I've taken years to reconcile in my head. Um, <laughs> so, if a if a play captures me, it's a it's a it, it's a rare and wonderful thing. And Easter weekend, uh, Weber allowed one of his performances of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar to be. <gasps> I tuned in just to see which version of it was, just to see who was playing Judas. Mm-hmm. And it was the Tim Minchin version. <gasps> nice. And I ended up watching the whole damn show. I didn't plan to. That I is my husband's absolute favorite musical of all time is Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm-hmm. I have to let him know about that. Oh. Yeah. It, it's one of my, I, you know, I am the most atheist person you guys probably know. <laughs> And I love that show. <laughs> that and Godspell, because they came out around oh, the same time. Yeah, no, I Godspell was, I've done Godspell, and I mm-hmm. really don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw the F-bomb trying to claw its way out of your mouth for that one, Rick, and I, I commend you for, for holding it in. Before we, uh, before we close up shop, I, w- I do want to mention our new uh, Patreon page. It went live last week, and the first show was made exclusively for our patrons. And it's a uh, it's uh, a review of the film Kingdom of the Spiders from 1977, starring William Shatner. And uh, so, if you want to hear us talk about that movie, then go over to Patreon.com/slash Infinite Potato. If you pledge three dollars a month, you'll get to hear any of the extra content that we put out. We're gonna do another show uh, sometime this month. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but we'll, we'll do another I don't show. I think I dropped an F-bomb on Kingdom of the Spiders, but it certainly deserved it. Scott did. <laughs> <laughs> Scott dropped one. <laughs> uh, and I don't edit them out on Patreon. So, uh, <laughs> And then uh, uh, and for uh, 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 more of the extra perks, if you pledge a little bit more, uh, like Tom uh, Corcoran, he pledged uh, $10 a month. So he's going to be listed as a producer for the network and he's uh, going to get added to our uh, Slack discussion. So he can be behind the scenes and give, uh, give his opinions and uh, he can come on the shows from time to time. If he wants to, you know, we'll see. And uh, so come on over to enough. I'll come wash your car. (laughs) (laughs) As we said, shirtless. (laughs) (laughs) You always wanted to go to a topless car wash. Well, here's your chance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right that's uh that's gonna do it for this episode um i want to thank everybody for being here jen jen thank you very much for uh, being with us here tonight yeah definitely invite me back anytime <laughs> and uh rick thank you as well and your little dog too <laughs> <laughs> and scott wizard of oz was the closest i ever came to an actual haunting when some of the uh cast and crew members offended the resident ghost in our theater Mm. 
All right, that's all we've got, everyone. Thank you uh, for joining us. If you have a favorite version of Oz that you'd like to bring up, or if you have something to say about one of ours, then feel free to let us know. We're on Facebook and Twitter. You can find those links on our website, infinitepotato.com, uh, or you can email us at infinitepotatoalliance at gmail.com. We love talking to you. Be sure to join us again next time on that Super Fan Talk podcast when you might hear one of us say something. But... <laughs> I'm just now realizing that we didn't uh, we didn't get that put together. So there you go. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on That Super Fan Talk Podcast. Brought to you by InfinitePotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.